Welcome to My Fields Community Church Sermon Extra. This is Pastor Michael Payne. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie here of uh, White Fields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And I hope you're having a good day. We are in our series called Desiring the Kingdom as we're looking through the books of First and Second Kings. And if you missed Sunday's sermon, go right over to whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there or you can find it on whatever podcast uh, service you use, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, Google Play. And if you would do us a favor, please just go ahead and like and subscribe and share uh, these as you as they bless you. We'd like to bless us, others with that. And the more you do that, the more it gives us, uh, you know, inroads into, you know, new new avenues for for this kind of content. So we'd love it if you do that, like and subscribe. But again, desiring the kingdom as we've been looking at uh, uh, books of first and second kings, and we've. This week we're in 1 Kings chapter uh, 17, and the title of the message was... A Dry Brook and a Full Jar. Full Jar. And we were looking, we began our, our journey with the prophet Elijah in there, 1 Kings chapter 17. And uh, But there was a very interesting thing which you were not able to bring up in your sermon, um, but there's actually a reference in Luke chapter 4 in, in Jesus' sermon to this particular widow that Elijah visits. Yeah, so I didn't get to that in the sermon, but it's worth mentioning and it's important. And it actually ties into something else that's really important about this passage. Okay, so in Luke chapter four, that is when Jesus preaches his first sermon in his hometown. So Jesus goes to his hometown, he preaches there and he's rejected. But you might remember that's the time when he goes to his hometown synagogue. They ask him to read the scriptures. He opens up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he reads this very famous passage, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he says, in your presence, this has been fulfilled today. What Jesus is doing is he's announcing himself to be the Messiah. And the people are kind of just grumble and roll their eyes at him. And he says, you know, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. And they say, you know, worry about yourself. What are you doing coming here preaching to us? You're Joseph's son. We, we saw you, you know, I've known you since you were this tall, basically. And Jesus says something to them there that gets them very upset. What he says, and I'll read it to you. He says, um, don't you know that in the time of Elijah, this is verse, starting in verse 25 of chapter four of Luke. Um, he says, don't you know, in the time of Elijah, there were many widows in Israel who were also suffering under a famine and a drought. And yet, verse 26, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Remember, this is a pagan area where they worship Baal uh, to a woman who was a widow. And then he adds one more story, which is from 2 Kings in verse 27. There were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, not uh, but only Naaman the Syrian. Again, so what he's pointing out is that there were people in Israel at this time who were poor, who were widows, who were lepers, and yet God chose to send prophets to minister to people who were Gentiles. What is Jesus saying? What he's saying is um, that God has a, has a concern and a care for people uh, who those Israelites tended to drift towards thinking that God 
did not love those people, did not care about those people, didn't have a plan for those people. Jesus saying, no, look at the evidence. God cares about the whole world and he wants to, he is actively searching and seeking, not just Jews, but people from other countries as well. He's on a mission to seek and to save those who are lost. And so he points out these Gentiles and, and kind of just showing a consistency, which is really, it, you do see it throughout the Bible. It, the whole reason God chose Israel is so that they would be a light to the nation, so that they would be a missionary people. And in large part, they failed in that calling. There were some who did not fail, of course. Uh, but we see it with Jonah. We see it with other examples in the Bible where God cares about Israel, but he wants them to be a sent people, a missional people. And the same is true for us. And so Jesus is saying that I've come to be a savior, not only for the Jews, but for the whole world. And that was a revolutionary idea for many people. It was right there in the scriptures all along, but somehow they had been blinded to it. They didn't, it was one of those things that they ignored, you know, kind of selective hearing type thing. Yeah. And you would, uh, you see it again with Peter, you know, Peter and, and having that vision in the book of Acts, you know, it's like this wasn't like a one time thing where Jesus, you know, just revealed it here and then we don't see it again. We, you know, that's what's so good about the scriptures and about these kind of things. God takes time to reveal these things and, and they had to, you know, even Paul had to rebuke Peter because, you know, many of the disciples probably had a lot of these things ingrained in them over over the years. And we, as you talked about Jonah as well, he was like indignant that God would send him to a bunch of Gentiles and that he's like, he knew God's character. You're going to show mercy. They're going to all be saved. You know, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> missed the whole entire point, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that was quite fascinating that, that Jesus would point that out. And I'm sure it, it, it and of course it says they were in wrath there in yeah. the verse when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. But, you know, thank the Lord, us as Gentiles, that this was God's plan, plans all along. But what about the ravens? I mean, the, the I, that was kind of, somebody actually brought that up at, after church. We were just discussing this and it was, I really hadn't even thought about it. When you think about the ravens that brought food to Elijah there in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Yeah, the reason that's interesting um, is not just because, you know, Elijah's eating uh, chewed up bird food, but the, what's interesting is that ravens are unclean according to the law of Moses. So you were not allowed to eat ravens. Um, now, that also meant that things that unclean things touch became unclean, especially if they touched them with their mouths. And uh, it's a pretty interesting thing. Why would God choose an unclean vessel to provide for Elijah? But then if you think about it, also this Gentile woman. So he not only uses the unclean uh, birds to feed Elijah the food he needs, but he also then is using the um, the Gentile woman to provide for him his food for at least a year's time and up to three years time. Why would he do that? Well, there's a really important point that needs to be made, and that is that this is to bring out the fact that in Israel, who are supposed to be the people of God, they have become unclean because they are they have turned aside to idolatry. They're worshiping Baal, right? And, um, and here's this woman, and she at least acknowledges that Elijah's God is the true God. She says, as the Lord your God lives. In other words, the people of Israel had turned away and essentially made themselves unclean. Here's this so-called unclean woman, and yet she's closer to God than they are. She's at least open, seeking God, and willing to enter into a relationship of faith and obedience with God. And essentially, this is to 
to the shame of those who think that they are good with God and look down on other people. And in reality, they're far from God. Right. And so that's that's the first part of it. God is using these so to say unclean means because the one thing that should be clean is not, it has become corrupted. Now, um, on the other hand though, there's a application here that I think is really interesting. And Charles Spurgeon brought this out about this passage. He said, um, this passage shows us that just as God provided physical food for Elijah through an unclean vessel, God will many times provide us with spiritual food, from an unclean vessel. And what he meant with that is to say that uh, a person who brings you a message from God's word, maybe that person might have a lot of issues or problems in their life, right? They, you might say, oh, well, why should I listen to you? You know, you've got this problem or that problem in your family or we're here, here in and that, and that's somewhat legitimate, right? Because in uh, in like First Timothy, it tells us that if someone's going to be a, a leader in God's church, then they need to have their family in order as well. And yet, look, I've got issues. You've got issues. We've all got issues, right? None of us probably goes in a single day without sinning in some way. And in these ways, in our flesh, we are unclean. And yet, God uses unclean people, imperfect people to be vessels for spiritual food for others. And so, you know, if, uh, you know, if you bring a message, I should listen to the message, even if there's something about you where I say, oh, well, but Mike does this or that, you know, I should listen to the message for what it, for the validity of the message for the, the meat that it is. Right. So that's that's part of the point. And and to just acknowledge that none of us truly, apart from Jesus, are clean. And yet God chooses to use us as vessels to feed others, to provide spiritual meat for others. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. No, that's that's certainly very, very, very fascinating to to see. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I never I read about the ravens and just went over my head, you know, to that whole application, understanding and just the fact that they were unclean unclean birds and God was using that yeah to to bring sustenance to Elijah during that time yeah that's pretty amazing so I mean I hope you enjoyed these spiritual insights from two uh, unclean vessels that are of course saved by the righteousness of Christ and we we thank we thank the Lord for that and so yeah just great time just diving into the word and whenever you hear anything it's always good just to to look at it, read it, study it for yourself, you know, and and let the Lord speak to you through that, you know, kind of be like the Brians, as we always, always, we always learn. And so, you know, again, whitefieldschurch.com, if you missed uh, the sermon, go there and download it. It was a great, great sermon, great time in God's Word. And uh, you can subscribe here. No, no, you download the sermon here and you subscribe here. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. God bless.